Welcome to Dream Up by Burdock, a weekly podcast show connecting you with inspiring Asian American creatives by exploring what they do and the paths that got them there. This is Dream Up. Hi, this is Peter Ash Lee, and today I'll be talking to Diana Hong Elsie. Diana is the VP Global Creative Director of Tom Ford Beauty, and previously the VP Global Digital Creative Director at Mac Cosmetics and Tiffany. Hi, Diana. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Peter. How are you? Good, good. You're our first guest on the podcast. No way. Really? Yes. That's amazing. Thanks so much for your time. So I just want to jump right in. If you could give us a short introduction of yourself and what you do. Sure. Um, I'm Diana Hong Elsie, and I'm currently a creative director at Tom Ford Beauty. Um, I've been a graphic designer and art director and creative director for quite some time. And I've been in New York for about 22, going on 23 years. And that's where sort of my my career basically began. Originally, I'm from D.C. I grew up in Maryland and right outside of D.C. went to school at University of Maryland. Lived in D.C. for a couple of years, worked as an intern at an ad agency and a junior designer. And then, um, but I knew from like junior high school that my heart belonged in New York City. <laughs> what does your day-to-day look like as a creative director? Um, you know, I, I think it's right now because of COVID, it's pretty much the same, but it's a lot of meetings, a lot of uh, meetings to kind of work with our product development team and our product marketing team to really ideate around what, we're, what programs we're going to create. And then uh, lots of meetings with my team to really kind of brainstorm and, and create the things that go out into the world to help the programs and products that we're selling. So I just want to go back. If you could take us on a journey of your career path and how you got started <laughs> and all the sure. different steps in between. Sure. I mean, let's see. I can start from the very beginning. When I was younger, I think I thought I would want to be a lawyer. I don't really know why. But so my career... Um, I guess started, well, it was funny, in junior high school and high school, I was always very ambitious, um, was the treasurer of my class for years and years. And, you know, I always was like part of like future business leaders of America, (laughs) had to wear like the Navy jacket. But I always knew that I wanted to do something, you know, in sort of the field of like business slash creative. And it's really interesting because like I said, I don't know why, but I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And my first semester at University of Maryland in College Park, I studied government, pol- government and politics. And then, you know, because it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty great school, really large, lots of different disciplines that you can really explore and and study. And you know, they have a great architecture school, a great business school, a great computer science school, and even a great art school. And so. Um, I took government politics and I was like, oh no, I don't think this is for me. What was kind of cool though was that I took an art history class and I got really excited about that in the in the field of art. And so um, after I after I did abandon the whole sort of law thing, um, I started to explore art history. And so I changed my major to art history. And then I had to have an art history major, you had to have a supporting major, which was fine arts for me. So I ended up doing two things very focused on art. I think for for a little while, I thought I wanted to be a curator at a museum. MoMA was like 
my ideal. Like I said, I think I've always had my sights on New York for a really long time. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what I was thinking of doing. And then by the tail end of college, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to work in a museum. Um, I actually want to like create things. And so I started to like, you know, I was doing art and as I was just, a, you know, I was always curious about creating things. And as an artist, I didn't like really hone in on a craft, but I knew that like I, st- I took, I started taking like graphic design classes and I realized I actually was like pretty good at that. And so then right before I graduated, I took an internship um, at an ad agency and learned like almost everything there, which was quite cool. Um, so that was in DC and I was there for about nine months and then they helped me find a job in New York that really wasn't a job there. So I moved to New York with some prospects and then ended up not having any prospects and then freelanced for a few months. Then just really kind of like, I don't know. As a I graphic think. designer, you were freelancing? Yep. So I was a graphic designer, went to like really large ad agencies, which really wasn't my thing. And then I found, I landed a really great job as a junior designer at this agency called about a design lab. Um, it was basically myself and two other people. And the creative director had worked at Capitol Records. He was like really amazing clients. We were so lucky. But my job there was to really, um, was to retouch all the PR photos for Marilyn Manson. So he was good oh, friends wow. with Marilyn Manson. He had designed uh, the book cover, did a lot of stuff for Capitol Records and Interscope Records. So my job as a junior designer was to like retouch out all the sort of, you know, weirdness in some of the PR (laughs) photos. But it was it was really cool. I mean, it was my dream job. I was like, oh, you know, when I get to New York, I'd love to work on cool things like CD covers at the time. You know, it's like record covers, book covers. And that's what I did when I first got to New York. And it was amazing. And were you doing that as a freelancer? I was full time. I was there for about nine months. And then the creative director decided to move to California and asked me if I wanted to go, but I had just gotten to New York. And um, I was like, no, I I think I'm going to stay here. But what was really kind of interesting and pivotal at the time was that, okay, well, I can stay within what I'm doing now and like, and, and keep doing album covers. Or um, I had two job offers basically after, you know, Bauda was leaving and one was for Electra Records to continue sort of you know, doing all the music uh, album covers and things like that. And then the other job offer was this like, like budding uh, interactive agency called Oven Digital. They had really kind of interesting work that I, you know, and digital at the time, this was 19, I believe it was 1999. So it was like right at the beginning of like Flash 4, you know, it was like this like really kind of like, the height of like right before um, the internet crash, basically. And, but I thought it was really interesting. I was like, wow, this is something that I can apply my design skills, but also learn something really new into a territory that was like at the time, like felt like the new frontier. So I took a job at Oven Digital, worked on a number of sites, including Tiffany, um, which was kind of exciting because it was their first e commerce site. And, you know, in 1999, you think about it, like there weren't a lot of websites that sold stuff online, right? Right. So, um, so yeah, so I did that for uh, probably a couple of years. And then, then I sort of 
expanded into like actually doing more 360 work. So I was offered a job at this bigger agency called Deutsch, Deutsch Advertising, which was um, at the time owned by Donnie Deutsch. I don't know if you know who he is, but it's on CNBC, I think, or MSNBC. But um, so I worked there for about six years, which was really cool. I had never worked at any agency or any company for six years. Um, but a lot of it is because, um, you know, I, le- I just had learned and grown a lot and my job changed, which I think is really important that your job changes over the course of time, right? So I went there, worked on a lot of um, beauty brands, uh, Revlon, Alme. Um, I worked with Ikea, Snapple, um, you know, just a lot of different retail brands and a few pharmaceutical brands. And what was your position there? So I was associate creative director there. So it was interesting. So my job at Oven, I started as a designer and really within like a year and a half got promoted like four times. And then, (laughs) which was unusual. Um, But I think that spoke to a lot of like what was happening with like digital brands or digital agencies at the time. A lot of sort of just like acceleration, which I think was really exciting. So then when I got to Deutsch, um, I got there and um, had a pretty high position to start start out with. And when I left there after six years, um, I was a group creative director. It was it was really in- exciting because I had done this thing where I was like, okay, I'm doing graphic design, then I do digital, then I pivot to doing digital, expanding into sort of 360. And this was like 2001. So, you know, at the time, it was kind of like, I don't know, in my mind, seemed kind of like revolutionary. And then what was next? Um, so then after that, I was there for six years and I really, you know, I was there and it was exciting. It was really interesting working with lots of different people, learning what like planners do, you know, strategists do and really understanding that discipline, I think was really cool. But then I really missed actually being around more sort of innovative, innovation focused environments. So then I went back to digital and I w- started working at Razorfish, Razorfish, you know them, they're like, you know, a mega digital agency. I'm not sure how large they are now, but, you know, they're sort of around with the same time that like RGA was really big. So I was there and worked on a bunch of different digital, um, digital projects. Um, we worked with Limited, um, New England Journal of Medicine. I mean, it was like a, it was a mixed bag of things. And it was really interesting to be back in that environment where, you know, like, technology, innovation was really at sort of the forefront of everything we did. So I thought that was exciting to get back to that. But I did miss an element of being working maybe more 360 and thinking holistically. I think that six years that I spent time at Deutsch was really, I think it kind of like molded my brain in a different way to think about creative solutions in a different way. So I think I was at Razorfish for about a year. And then, and then I was talking to a friend of mine who had an agency called Create the Group, which was probably at the time, like the premier sort of digital agency focused on luxury fashion. And it was a really, you know, it was a really exciting agency. He had a product offering in the in the form of like an e-commerce platform. And then he had a really talented sort of creative agency arm. So paired together, he, he approached me and was like, hey, you know, we're expanding. We'd love to like work together. And I think for a long time, we kind of joked about like how it'd be great to work together again. Cause he had freelance for me when I was at Deutsch. So, so 
long story short, we ended up working together. I went to his company and partnered with him and helped him sort of grow that agency. And I spent about six years there. And, you know, I think it was really a phenomenal time because we worked, I worked on probably, if you can name, you know, any fashion brand that had been around at the time, you know, Marc Jacobs, Burberry, you know, we helped Burberry um, reinvent their whole digital, when they were starting their whole digital reinvention, we were a big part of that. Um, we helped create Aunus with LVMH, and which was a really amazing, amazing, like dream come true project. Um, you know, we worked with Tory Burch, we worked with uh, Fendi, like you name it. It was like it was like um, a dream come true in terms of a client roster. I worked with Tom Ford, <laughs> so that was my first introduction to Tom Ford. Um, you know, over ten years ago, working with them at, at Create the Group. And did you have any interest in fashion previous to this opportunity? For me, I mean, fashion uh, has always been not like the center of my world, but it's always been something that I've loved and respected and, you know, love for myself. And I think that um, I thought it was really interesting because I think fashion for a long time, if you think about it, um, really was behind from a technology perspective. And I think that there was so much potential. This is before live streams, you know, before anything that's happening now, before social media exploded that like, you know, it was, I saw a huge opportunity. So to work with brands that have such uh, a rigor in terms of what the aesthetics are, what they're trying to express, um, the creativity, I thought it was just like, it was a dream come true to work for brands that have um, the same kind of like, I don't know, aesthetics and the opportunities that I thought that they were not tapping into to partner with them on that. And how much of your work would you say is creative versus business and strategy? I mean, I think it's changed a lot um, now that I'm brand side. You know, I worked in, so basically I've worked agency side. Um, so Create the Group was my last agency. So I worked most of my career on agency side. And for the last, so I've been at Tom Ford for a year and a half. Mac, I was a year and a half. And then Tiffany, I was for three years. So I would say for the last six years, I've been brand side. And when you're brand side, it's also kind of a dream come true. I think when you're agency side, you get to work on projects for brands and it's great. And then when you get to a point where you're, you know, you always want to offer bigger ideas, I think beyond just sort of what's in front of you. And so when you would dream up these, you know, you would pitch an idea to a client, they'd say, great, we can take that piece. And, you know, you don't get to really fully see the 360. When I got to Tiffany, I was like, wow, this is kind of a dream come true. I actually can, I can see that I did one thing and then it like lifted, um, you know, we ended up, ended up getting 10,000 more followers on Instagram. And it's just, it was just kind of this like amazing kind of opportunity for, for me to like flex my creativity, but then also understand the business implications. And yeah, I mean, I think that, so what I'm trying to say is that to answer your question, I would say now it's like more 50-50. I think it's also the level that I'm at. It really does, but I think it helps because it helps you create smarter ideas based on whatever challenges you're given. And there's a lot of complications, you know, I think behind why things are um, created and why things are pushed in a certain time. 
um, and all of those things. And then being also aware of what's happening culturally in the world. I think there's a lot like it, like somehow like being on the brand side, like it molds your brain to like think beyond just the creative, which I think is good. So you were at Tiffany for how many years and almost three years. And then you went to Mac. I was at Mac, Mac cosmetics for a little over a year. And then I've been at Tom Ford beauty for about a year and a half. So Mac and Tom Ford Beauty are uh, Estee Lauder brands. So it was kind of like a, a very easy transition from Mac to Tom Ford. And going into the beauty world, was that a different transition or how did you find that? I mean, I'd say beauty is definitely a very specific category. You know, I've worked in my in the past, I've worked with NARS, I've worked with Elizabeth Arden. Um, I've worked with a lot of, you know, Revlon, Alme, lots of different beauty brands, Ishi. But once you're on the beauty side, it moves on the brand side, it moves really quickly. And you realize how quickly it moves and how different you have to kind of think about uh, the community of of sort of your consumers. Uh, You know, being authentic, I think, is a really important thing, uh, especially nowadays, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that that but that transition wasn't that difficult. I mean, I think especially with Tom Ford, it is, you know, a brand that has a very clear vision, a very clear vision because there's a a living, breathing founder. You know, Tom Ford, as a creative, as a filmmaker, as a fashion designer, as a as a, you know, beauty brand, it's very clear in terms of what we're doing. And so it hasn't been that difficult. I think it's just really kind of different way to to approach you know, your creative solutions. So do you have any tips or advice for someone wanting to pursue a career as a creative director? You know, I'll say not even just as a creative director, I think as somebody who wants to do something to live your dreams, I will say that what I've always said to some of my good friends is that if you want something to happen, you should say it out loud. And I think that that's, even though it may not always come 100% true, at least that's the first step to actually making it happen. And I've always done that and somehow it's worked for me. I also think that, I think, I think it's important for people to think sort of bravely outside of what you think feels comfortable and be open to different types of challenges and see yourself in different ways. I think, you know, while I am very much a creative director, I can, you know, I can say that I'm very much a strategist, you know, I I can do various different things and apply my thinking uh, in a lot of different ways. You know, it's, I think about sort of how I work with um, product development. I have a really great partner at Tom Ford, this woman, Isabel Rovner, and we work really closely together. And, you know, I think that, the, you know, just even having input into like product development is like tremendous. And then that's like also another dream come true as a creative, as a creative director or as a creative person, you know, not only are you applying and creating things that surround that product, you ask, you actually have input into it. So, you know, I think for anybody who's looking to sort of get into the creative field, I think, you know, I think it's to like really be embrace what your dreams are and try to make that happen. And for me, it's always, the first step has always been to just say it out loud. Whether you want to buy a home upstate or you want to like become a creative director at you know at Spotify or at Tom Ford Beauty, you know it's one of those things you just say out loud, and then you know somehow you can make it happen. That's great advice. And what's next <laughs> for you? And any exciting upcoming projects? I mean, you know, I think. It's really, it's, it's interesting. Obviously we're all living through this COVID 
world right now. I think it's it's really about just for me understanding like how I can help our consumers and our brand really kind of pivot and and work in a way that feels authentic and feels uh, helpful. <laughs> you know, I think that beauty is one of those things. It's funny. I I spoke a long time ago to this um this organization. She says, and I kind of talked about how beauty is one of those um, categories and industries that's that have survived um, depressions. You know, it's like a little luxury. And I think I've always believed this as a as a young girl. Like put on a little lipstick feel fabulous. I think, um, you know, I think for me, next step is just really just kind of helping to continue to champion doing what the brand wants to do, but also like inspire my team. You know, I think that it's been challenging for some of the disciplines, you know, I oversee, so I oversee a whole slew of disciplines, um, store design, visual merchandising, package design, and obviously 2D digital. But you know, the physical disciplines get feel a little bit more challenged, but we've been able to overcome how to do those things by creating new processes or implementing different ways of working because it is challenging. I mean, you know, it's like people who have kids, like how do you make them feel comfortable so that they can um, still have a life, um, work really hard and feel good about themselves at the end of the day? So, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I've always been a champion of trying to balance work uh, and play. And I think it's really, I think it's a little bit more difficult and I'm sure you feel this way uh, doing that um, as we're sort of constantly in front of a, a laptop. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time and hopefully we could hang out together in person soon. I know. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Congrats. Diana. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you to Mark Redito for the music. Please support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. And join us next week on Dream Up.